bow, bow. Test one, test one. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to the What's Next podcast here in the car bar. What's up, birthday boy? That is I, the 50-year-old man who stays stands right here in front of you. Well, actually sits right here in front of you. So we have back-to-back 50-year-olds. Yeah. It was me last year and now you this year. And now we have and, a recording of it. And it really doesn't matter. I still do the same stupid shit that I did when I was 49, when I was 39. I quote the great Clark Griswold when I say, you really think it matters, Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> but we had a great celebration. Just so happens that my second born, Taylor Ballou. Yep. Sat across from me at the Crawfish Bowl. Miss Annette Cox. And you all share a birthday. Yep. And Not the same year, but the same day. How two Tauruses married each other, I'll never know. With yeah. Annette and Kevin. That is funny. Because it was I, his actual birthday. I have no idea what that means, but that is funny. <laughs> I have no idea what that means. I think it means they're both bullheaded. <laughs> so, you and I were sitting here having a cocktail and said, we ought to have a Crawfish Bowl. And I said, if only we had a big occasion in the month of May when every one of our friends has a birthday, including my daughter. No kidding. Plus, she's graduating from college. Or excuse me, high, high school. school, getting ready for college. Stacy's birthday is next Sunday. Mm-hmm. Kevin's was the day of the crawfish. <laughs> right. It, there was a lot of reason to celebrate, for sure. And, um, you know, we even had Steve cook the whole damn thing. I said, I'm not cooking a crawfish. No, that's not a Dave thing. He's Once a you've had Steve's crawfish, you're just pissing in the wind. The most common thing I heard was, he nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> Every batch was amazing. So I said, let's call old Steve. Let's get a date and let's get it on the calendar. So that's what we did. And he went down and got the, I think he gets them out of Waxahachie. They were big. They were big. Lobsters. They were damn near lobsters. Yeah. I mean, I I was thinking surf and turf. I did, mean. Now, here's the money question. I know the answer to this, but did you try a Brussels sprout? I not only did not try one, <laughs> I didn't even hand one to anybody. <laughs> People love those things. Yeah. They soaked up all the crawfish Yeah, juice. I had the mushrooms. The mushrooms were delicious. They I did had, the same thing, yep. I always, very first thing, bite into corn. Mm-hmm. And spicy corn makes crawfish even more spicy because yeah. you're already on fire. Yeah, the corn, it's got that sweet taste to it. And uh, I start with corn as well. That's always my first go-to. So we st- we had we knew we were going to do two loads because he has that gigantic cooker. In he, the first round. He could cook 60 pounds at a time. Yes. That's awesome. So we had 90 pounds, and I said, first one, kids and children. And they were still pretty spicy. They were real spicy. But the second round, woo, it come hit. to mama. For anyone who's never been to a crawfish boil, it just keeps getting better. It really does. And the darker the water, the better the crawfish. The more that seasoning and boil gets in there. There was one caveat to that rule. Okay. And that was there was one year where your daddy might have gotten a little drunk and it got dark. 
Because you burned it? No, I forgot to wash a bag. Ah, so there was, there was Mississippi mud, mud in there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that, that was not darker water being bad. But it is so fun and relaxing to be at a long stretch of table mm-hmm. with nothing but red crawfish as far as the eye can see. I stood across from Taylor and Abby, and to see two... 100 pounders knocked down five pounds of crawfish it was very entertaining it's impressive yeah uh, i unfortunately my daughter the vegetarian was hanging out inside so that was a real bummer i, I walked in and she her. had a, a little bitty cup of pasta and i was like that's cute <laughs> that's so precious this is not the time to be vegetarian no that's like being vegetarian at tailgate oh that's a great idea we're having ribs <laughs> <laughs> So, but a relaxed atmosphere, everybody had a smile on their face. Some people by the end of the afternoon had too much of a smile on their face. Well, there were some faces falling off the bone, (laughs) if you will. Now, did you ever participate in Padron? So, I'm glad you brought that up. Mm -hmm. When I see people, I'm going to let you explain what it is, but when I see people doing what they were doing, with light-colored clothing. <laughs> right. Just didn't seem very smart. And Morgan was the first one to dump it on her white shirt. Yeah. So Bryce Moan hosted a fundraiser last year for his charity Chandler Speaks. Yep. And the great Drew Kennedy played. Yep, I was there. And they forged a little bit of a friendship. He hired him to, uh, w- along with his, his best buddy, Josh Greider, who is, you're a fan of, Josh. Yep. Uh, he hired them to play his wife's 40th birthday the party. The Topo Chico Cowboys. There you go. And, well, you know how I am. I, I like to hang out and drink and tell stories. And What? I know. And Drew does, too. So somewhere along the course of the evening... Drew mentions a thing called the Padron, P-A-R-O-N, I believe. There may be two R's, maybe Padron. No, I think it's just one R. And, uh, and I was like, I don't know what that is. And he goes, oh, it's like a vase that you drink out of, but it has yeah. a tiny little hole that the wine comes out of. And I was like, oh, like white wine or red wine? He goes, red wine. I go, okay. And he goes, and you hold it an arm's length away from your mouth, and it arcs the wine into your <laughs> mouth. I go, does anyone ever get it on them? He goes, oh, all the time. Oh, of course. And then I started thinking, I think I have a Perone. He's like, what? And I was like, no, I think I got one as a gift. I didn't know what it was. And so I went over to the bar, rifled through a few things, and pulled out the Perone. And so Drew Kennedy, Josh Greider, Don, and I sat around practicing that Oh, night. my Lord. I thought you were going to say I immediately ran to Specs and picked one up. No. You had, had one it. in the cabinet. Yeah. <laughs> it's, you thought it was a decanter. Yeah, I didn't know. <laughs> I knew it had a tiny little spout. And so that I, makes the story much so, better. So I, I laid in wait like a tiger in the bushes, and I said, I've got a crawfish bowl coming up, and I'm going to break out the Padron. And... The most common place for it to go is in your left or your right eye for some reason. Because <laughs> most people are right-handed and they don't, they don't center it proper and it just pours right in their eye. The second place, as you mentioned, is right on their shirt. Yes. And I, dude, I think there were 50 people total with kids and adults. Okay. I bet 10% of people were wearing a white shirt to a crawfish boil. I've never seen anything so crazy. Yeah, people are, that's not smart. No. And every time I said, 
what are you wearing a white shirt for? They're like, that's what everyone's asking me. I say, yeah, it's a crawfish ball, you lunatic. <laughs> I think lunatic is a bit strong. <laughs> well, I like lunatic or maniac. <laughs> Bad decision coach. Maybe go with that. <laughs> Maybe not lunatic. Well, the, you tell me if someone's a lunatic or not. When I picked up the backyard the next day, yes, I found not one, but two empty hard liquor bottles. Brown. Uh, one of them being bourbon. An entire fifth of bourbon was consumed by someone. I came there. out and Charles Johnson hands me a bottle of Redemption brown. Right. It was no less than 93 degrees outside. Oh, so hot. Very little breeze, and I was helping Steve clean up. I was like, no, 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 no. I'm good. I have a case of Miller Lite. That should get me through the evening. <laughs> Next thing I know, I see a cork laying in the grass, and the bottle is empty. Oof. And I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> Either everybody's had a shot, or a couple of people are going to be in trouble. Yeah. So we went through Four bottles of wine with the Padron. So that was a big hit. So the wine that you put in there, nothing but the best, Eddie? No, that was <laughs> 4 2021 Spanish Tempranillo. <laughs> People were like, "That's t- what? That, that wine's tight. I was like, yeah, I'm not wasting good wine on a, on a giant pour. Half of it, which goes on, on your, your shirt. shirt. Exactly, you're in your eye. The, the other thing that... Um, that we got to the treat of is not only on that day was there a crawfish boil, but there was a the largest upset in over a hundred years in the Kentucky Derby. Did you come inside to watch the Kentucky Derby or were you I outside? Did. I did. I took everyone's bets outside and we put them into my p- pretend app that's only pretend. It's on the <laughs> internet. It's only pretend. Yeah, I can't bet real money not nope. in the state of Texas. No, folks. that would be against the law. And so we picked like seven horses. No one knew nothing. Yeah. And probably someone's secretary. You know how the secretary wins the (laughs) final four? Yeah. (laughs) Who doesn't watch one game. Now that's me. But with horse racing, I knew nothing, looked at nothing. And I didn't even look at the horses, which I usually do because I don't bet the gray mare. I forgot it was the. uh, Yeah. Yeah. But that was a great, great story. Yeah. There was a scratch to even get him in the race. Yeah. And the have you seen the aerial view of it where the yeah. drone that's badass. So they were talking on the ticket about it on Monday and they were talking about how fast and all the makeup ground and all that. Yeah, fifteenth as they make the final turn. Secretariat would have beat him by fifteen lengths. Oh, the time? Yeah. Yeah, because he was still two oh two. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it wasn't that but he was he, he was fading a lot less than everyone else. Everyone else got tired for yeah. some reason. Well, and it was kind of muddy, and it wasn't supposed to be muddy. And Well, the, uh, the other thing was there was a UFC fight. Now, my daughter Morgan is now two for two getting around the old crew and, you know, having that, uh, oh, she moved away for the summer, and now she's hot. Um, so she had that experience with Kyle where all of a sudden Kyle was hot. Yeah. Like, oh, what happened there? She got drunk and flirted with Kyle right. one time. And then this time, she had it returned to her uh, by another gentleman. <laughs> and the, uh, the fun thing was, around 10.30 at night, Dave, we're watching the UFC fights. And the party's now dwindled from 50 people down to, like, eight. Right. 
and most of them are asleep, <laughs> and we're watching the UFC fights. And then Gavin says, hey, Mr. Lewis, there's someone in your backyard with a flashlight. And I get up from the couch. I'm like, what? And I start to walk over there, and he kind of gets out in front of me, and he goes, oh, it's my dad. <laughs> <laughs> Kevo was looking for his telly. Kevin had lost his telephone and had come back over with a flashlight oh, at 1030 at night. And um, he appeared to be feeling no pain, having yeah. a good time. I invited him to stick around for the fights. He was a man on a mission. He had another oh, son. Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> yeah, bye. Right. He was monosyllabic at that point. It's so funny to have someone, like I was helping Steve clean up, and he knows all the science of everything. He's like, well, we'll just siphon this water out of here and run it down the curb. I was like, okay. So I go to, like how we siphon gas when we were kids. You yeah, start sucking on it. Sucking the gas until it goes in your mouth, and then you spit the gas out. Oh, no, 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 no. We do level, and then put your thumb on it, and he did physics. And I was <laughs> right. like, oh, okay. So I don't it's good to have a man who understands uh, yeah. science around. So he had everything packed up and cleaned up, and they were supposed to come to the house and hang out on the back porch and vamanos, muchachos. No and they way. were gone. <laughs> yeah. Steve does not like spending the night away from his hey, wah, wah, wah. No. Nope. And when he pulled up to get everything going, he's like, that's the furthest I've driven in six months. <laughs> 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 he likes to stay at home, man. Yeah. But he is one hell of a cook. It was a, it was a fine time. Yeah, I mean, it was a great time. And the most common question asked of me turning fifty: What okay. do you think that is? Uh, did you feel different when you woke up this morning? <laughs> right. Well, the party was three days before, so no one asked me that. Okay. They all said, "Do you feel 50? Oh. And uh, I said, "Well, it depends on what time of day you ask me, I suppose." And you know what? Being 50, no one asks if you got your birthday licks anymore. <laughs> that usually wears off about 30. Yeah. Oh, did you get your licks? Yeah, Good I did. Good Lord. Can you imagine taking 50 licks? <laughs> It'd take all day. It'd be like so much crying. Did you burn down the house with all the candles? <laughs> yeah, we had candles. Uh, 50 of them. When you were a kid, you thought 50 was old. Yeah, now it's halfway to heaven. Right. <laughs> I, I don't, allegedly, I don't think I allegedly heaven. <laughs> I don't think I want to live to a to hundred. There's no sure. way we make a hundred. Not a prayer. Not with the habits that we've uh, acquired. Nope. So at 50, I'm going to go parachuting. Okay. Go jumping out of a plane. I believe yep. you did that at the age of. 50 or 49? Uh, no, I did it at 46. Okay, and you 47, 47. You did it over Montana? I did it in Montana. I'm going to do it in California. Yep. And I was talking to Andrew and he was like, "Dude, I'm so excited that you're going to go jump out of a plane." And but more Blair, I'm excited you're going to do it in California. And I said, "Why?" He goes, "I've I parachuted twice. Once was in Hawaii." So gorgeous the whole way down. Like, look at the majesty of the creation. Second time I was in West Texas, I was like, this sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Gavin has credit. I don't know if someone didn't show up the first time they went or something. He wants to. So he's got two people that can go, and one of them is him, obviously. And he was like, oh, yeah, maybe dad will go with me. I was like, yeah, Kevin ain't jumping out of a plane with you. 
He goes, well, my mom's not going to go. I said, well, hell, I'll go. I said, where is it? He's like, oh, it's that place right outside of Hillsboro. I was like, mm, yeah, <laughs> that doesn't sound too pretty. Hillsboro is not the most majestic place to go jumping out of an airplane. But when I jumped out of the airplane, it was very, very easy because the plane was such a 1979 El Camino looking airplane. I wasn't real sure that thing could land back on the <laughs> runway. So I, I was like, well, hell, let's jump. I do remember you saying it made the decision easier. Oh, my gosh. That thing was a flying bucket of bolts. But Gavin doesn't know his mom because his mom explained to me that she tried out for the show Fear Factor. And the reason she tried it out is on a uh, episode, she saw people jumping from a train onto another train. And she goes, that's me. Oh, she jumped the first time. Well. So they jumped last year. Uh-huh. And, but she said she wasn't doing it again. Oh, yeah. okay. I thought he meant my mom's not a risk taker. No, 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 no. She, she likes yeah. daredevil stuff. So being 50, not that big of a deal. Um I, when you pick up something new, like Taylor and I just started playing pickleball, then new muscles are achy the next morning and new joints. And then I'm like, well, I didn't have the right shoes because my ankles are the size of cantaloupe. You love buying a new pair of shoes, though. For any any given reason. <laughs> any I don't reason. Give a shit. Dave will pick up a new pair of shoes. I'm the same way. I love a new <laughs> pair of shoes. But, yeah, the new ailment for me is that tendon that attaches your shin bone to the knee. Yes. That little thing is testy on my right side. Yeah. So of all the beers that I have brought back from St. Louis, yep. we've determined that we got two favorites. Yes. Of all the beers that I brought from Texas up, and you were there when I bought them, what do you think people in St. Louis's favorite beer is? I'm afraid it's that shitty pickle beer. It is indeed. People up there love the pickle beer. So I had to go buy a bunch of pickle beer. Oh, now, speak of the devil, and he now, shows up. Now that you bring it up, I think I will have an urban underdog American lager. We got to get them as a sponsor. Man. I know. They're so good. I'll work so on that. So good when it touches the lips. <laughs> I'll work on that when I'm up there next week. <laughs> I do love an urban underdog. You know that the six is a delicious beer. The Urban Underdog. The 8? I thought it was the oh, 6. The, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, the, the Urban, un, yeah. Uh, the Urban Chestnut the, 6. I thought you meant uh, Aikman's new beer. No, it is good. The it's Stan a Musial six. It's a light drinker. You, you don't want five or six of them, but a couple of them. Mm -hmm. Pretty tasty. The Urban Underdog, delish. Yeah, you can drink that all day. Now, you don't want 12 of those. Oh, well, the, 12 of those cripplers will put you in the grave. <laughs> well, yeah, it's equivalent of 18 beers. Yeah. No one needs 18 beers in a sitting. I mean, I know people who want it. Yeah. I get 18 Miller Lights, but you got to spread it out. You got to start at eight then <laughs> work your way to the next eight. I will never forget the shocked look on the waiter's face uh, who brought me my room service at the Marriott <laughs> In, in New York City. I had a job. New York City, the start date was the day after the Super Bowl. So I'm in New York City for the Super Bowl. In fact, the Giants were playing. Yep. The Giants were playing New England. And I ordered 13 beers up to the room. And, um, well, he came on up. 
and had 13 beers. And he was, gave a, was looking for everybody else. He was giving <laughs> some head turns, looking around for some other people. And he goes, why did you order 13 beers? And I go, well, because 12's never enough. <laughs> and, and sure enough, when the game was over, I drank at 13. I was like, I could probably go out right now. That's a sign that you like beer a lot. Yeah. yeah. I Good. mean, but it's the Super Bowl. It's I mean, it's a got a long, might. extended halftime, a lot of pregame. It's also a sign that you're probably not taking your new job too seriously. Welcome, Mr. Lewis. <laughs> he smells like a brewery. I'm glad you could join us at 1040. Well, I was just happy to be involved. Yeah. One thing about us, we always get, we can play, we can play hurt. You're either injured or you're hurt. Yeah. I'm usually just hurt. No, I, I was hurt the day after the crawfish bowl. For yeah. sure. The, um, I tried to fight it. By having a little uh, champagne in the morning. Yeah. Mother's Day. Yeah. Let's get some mimosas going. I had a little bit of a rally. And sometimes that head fake can make it go the other way. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes. I worked in about four to six bottles of water throughout the the boil. And that always makes things better on the back end. Yeah. I did some Pedialyte in the pregame work. But I don't think I kept up that water intake. No. I usually don't. But I was helping Steve, and he was drinking them, and so when I would notice when he would get one, I would get one. <laughs> right. Maybe learn from my That's elders a little positive bit. Positive <laughs> peer pressure, yeah. Because Dietz doesn't know, oh, Dad stayed out too late last night. I'm going to let him sleep till 8.15. Take me on a walk. Take me on a walk. He's like, are you up? Hey, I'm not barking. I'm looking at you. <laughs> yeah. I'm just waiting. I'm lightly breathing on you. If Foxy looked at me that day... I was good at ignoring it. She got no walk. <laughs> now, she can deal with one day without a walk, but, yeah, she can't deal with two. So, she got double. She is not a one-year-old lab no, who, who trains she, twice a day. No, she is not. <laughs> she is. That is an accurate fact. <laughs> Which he's doing great. He, uh, we were at the office today, and guy comes in, and I go to put him out in the truck. And he's like, where are you going? I was like, oh, I'm just going to put my dog up while so we can talk. He's like, hell, I love dogs. I was like, okay. Very good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> good for Cause, you. Because usually if it's someone new that I haven't met before, I'll go ahead and take him. I'll let people see him and pet him and whatever, and then I go put him in his kennel, and then I bring him back in. But So with, with Deech right now, will he stop on a dime and listen to you if you give a certain signal or call? or like Yeah, for the most part. He's still got some puppy in him? He's still got a little puppy in him, and – now he's starting to really want to sniff stuff and so if we're doing work or i mean if i whistle he'll turn around and come right back but he likes to he likes to explore when was his first birthday uh april the 12th oh we missed his birthday here on the what's next yeah i think we mentioned it back oh no i think you were out of town yeah i don't know oh yeah in april i was yeah i think you were out of town well, so he's he's a one-year-old dog. When you said one-year-old dog, I was like, oh, shit, he's already one. See, I didn't pick him up until June, so. Ah, yeah, so he's not one to you. I haven't had him a year, no. But we did take him out to the Sporting Clay shoot last week, and it was so slow. There's a bunch of people that didn't know a shotgun from a pistol. Well, so. that's the reason I never go to those things because I'm like, yeah. I don't want to be the a-hole. So, so other people do. Well, huh? this is, I mean, this it's a charity deal and this was a really big one. So usually 
there's 12 stations and usually they'll put in 18 teams or something. This one had 24 teams. So there was two teams at every station. So you were guaranteed to wait. So I just went and got him out of the kennel at one of the real long waits. And I was working on his steadiness. And this obvious son of a bitch, if this guy didn't chip a clay, because every time he fires, he looks to see if they get it. And uh -huh. if they miss it, well, he missed it, and Dietwin got it. So he's running out in the middle, and oh, I was like, no. oh, shit. <laughs> this is not good. Let me go put him back up. <laughs> he was eager beaver. Uh, so he, we're working on his steadiness. <laughs> well, some lessons are harder than others. Well, So we're going to go out to La Hacienda tonight. Yep. And why? What's the occasion? So on May 11th, for those of you that have made it here to the end of the podcast, Seven of you left. May 11th is the birth date of the frozen margarita. And it is a winner. Mariano, who one day decided to repurpose an ice cream machine with tequila and margarita mix. It is now in the Smithsonian, but he is the founder of La Hacienda. In the year of our Lord what? Oh, I believe it was uh, 1972. That's kind of what I was thinking. <laughs> I don't know what year it was. It's old, though. It, it, I, mean, I that, want to say mid-70s. Yeah, because that machine is in the Smithsonian. But um, anyway, at La Hacienda, they throw a little party every year, for a week-long party celebrating. And tonight is May 11th, so we're going to get some frozen margaritas. We're going to celebrate Taylor. We're going to get her a little... Uh, at least five dollars. A little graduation. A dollar for every year she's been away. A year. You know? Yeah. And uh, yeah, we'll load her up and get her excited, even though she is going to go squander all that money in Austin. La Hacienda has been the landing place of many a good story of our families. <laughs> well, you had your rehearsal dinner. It started with my rehearsal dinner. <laughs> we spent two hours digging through the bushes. One everyone day. was looking around, going. Why are we not drinking beer? <laughs> I was like, well, it's a long story. Yeah, so back then, see, we fight this with our neighbors now because yeah. they're all in their 30s and they still care what their parents think. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I know. I know. None of us do because we've lived long enough. But they're still in that, like, oh, let's go hide. Yeah, this was 27. And, uh, yeah, you, <laughs> you were having a sober party. And so we had to tell the waiter to bring us Long Island iced teas and yes. a tea glass. Yes. And we were getting wasted. Yes. And it was a great time. That was the first time I'd ever been to La Hacienda. Then I moved to Colleyville. That is, that is now Stonebriar Mall. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't exist anymore? No. And Morgan, as a kid, called it La Hacienda. So that's what we call it here. Yeah. So, yep, that's, uh, that's what we're going to do. We're going to go uh, celebrate the birthplace of the, uh, of the frozen margarita. But the funniest story is... We go there, and they have bags of water in the spring to keep the flies away. For our fans that don't live where there are flies. Yeah. Uh, well, you, we're down to four now, so <laughs> right. they know. You have to put a penny in the bag. You put a penny in the bag. I don't know why. And like all good Nerf hoopers, <laughs> you can't stand to see something and not jump up and dunk it. <laughs> so you jumped up I and slapped it. And slapped the bag of water with a penny in it. Because that makes sense. And something flew off the back. And it was at that moment I realized, I don't have my Aggie ring on. So you thought your Aggie ring was in the most prickly bush <laughs> ever. Like, it would have been better if that was Moses's bush and it was on fire. <laughs> I would have had a better chance of sticking my hand in there. Our kids were so young. We were like... 
Hey, reach in there. Y'all got little wrists. We were hanging. You know how many people spit gum into those bushes? Oh, my gosh. A million. And we two cars with the headlights <laughs> at the bush. We were out there for two hours digging around that bush. And we finally were like, oh, okay. We're not, it's too dark. Remember, Nathan was going to give me his um, uh, metal, metal detector. detector. I said, we've had too many beers. Let's get to the house. We'll come back and get it in the morning. I get home. I get a text. It was sitting on my bedside <laughs> table. <laughs> that is La Hacienda's margaritas, baby. Next week, everybody. Later. Later.